Hey everyone, welcome to Dear Warren Podcast, uh, the midweek podcast featuring Warren's announce table number four for Thursday, November 30th, 2017. If you're new to the podcast, what we do here is a bit of backseat parenting. We share stories, principles, parables, and lessons, and we attempt to pass them down to my son, Warren. Most, important, most importantly of all, we try to have fun and hope you do too. Uh, running a little late with this podcast due to, uh, recovering from, <coughs> still recovering from colds. And also, as you can tell, we're, uh, attempting to try something new, adding a little intro to the beginning so we can talk some news, uh, about what we're, uh, doing with the podcast as well as, uh, featured guests of who will be coming up. In this case, on Sunday, we will have my good friend, Jackie Rinaldi. Uh, she's a mother, dietitian, and spontaneous, and she... <laughs> has spontaneous Michael Jackson dance parties, even when no one is looking. That's the copy that she provided me. So uh, we're very excited to have her uh, be a guest on the podcast. Uh, And she was very excited to be a guest. So we look forward to having her on Sunday. As far as this episode of Warren's Announce Table, uh, Jess and I are on the up and up, recovering from colds. And I love having her on the podcast because she provides uh, thoughts on this latest episode of NXT. She has wonderful insight. And it's a bit of our time to kind of like chill out and uh, go on side tangents as uh, we delved into topics this uh, week uh, a bit, some some geeky topics, including uh, video games. And due to uh, listener feedback. We also try to make uh, those uh, deep dives a little more relatable by tying them into other topics such as jujitsu or anything else for those listeners. Also realize we, we're playing a bit of parents not only for Warren but also for all of our listeners attempting to appease everyone as we go through these type of, type of topics uh, so we don't get yelled at or uh, you guys don't tune out, right? We're trying to be the all appeasing parents. In any case, I present to you this episode of Dear Warren Podcast, Warren's Announce Table, number four, with Jessica. This is the Dear Warren Podcast. And we're recording. Oh, how are you, Jess? I am hanging in. How are you doing, Eck? I am also hanging in and also not hallucinating off of cough medicine, which is probably a plus. Uh, well, you and Mario just talked about that, the whole doubling up on cough medicine and hallucinating. Oh. I've learned quite a few lessons from that podcast, and I made sure in my recent uh, foray into a cold to not make the same mistakes you both did. You you actually identified the case. I, I, I came to you, and I was like, hon, I had that fucked up dream. Yeah. Or not even the dream. Like, this is what I was, like, seeing like as I was like rolling over and the neon lights and the voices and you're like, you were hopped up on cold medicine. Yeah, you took way too much. The only reason I knew that was because when I was much younger, I think it was like eight or 10 and I had gotten like the flu and uh, I had auditory hallucinations. I had such bad... No, people aren't hallucinating right now. That was your pen hitting the mic stand. I need so. to sit on my hands when I talk. <laughs> you got to not be holding anything. That's true. It's dangerous. Not- you you uh, you tend to fidget, especially uh, like if, if we were at a restaurant and uh, uh, they handed us drinks and the straw wrappers, mm-hmm. and then the, that straw wrapper, what does it turn into? It turns into a pile of little straw wrapper balls, like a little graveyard of little pieces of <laughs> straw paper. And if there's multiple straws and multiple papers, by the end, it's a sea of paper balls on the table. I do fidget quite a bit. I've gotten better over the years, but... I need to always be doing something with my hands. Do you think Warren is going to possess that one day? Oh, I'm sure. He likes to shake things. He likes to pick things up and then like... Just shake, shake, shake them like crazy. And the funny part is he, he he doesn't shake it with one hand. Like he'll shake both hands at the same time, even if he's holding one thing in, in one hand. So he's like, oh, he's fr- the cutest. frantically waving one and then shaking <laughs> something in the other. What about your fidget spinner? Wasn't that supposed to solve everything? Where's your fidget spinner? Where, where everyone else's fidget spinner is <laughs> in a drawer, <laughs> in a box, you know, I had seen on the internet that someone had, had said they had ordered like 6,000 fidget spinners to resell them. Like during the height of the fidget spinner craze, like on Reddit, they, they were, were like, going to try to like scalp them. Kind of like they had bought with their entire savings, like $7,000 worth of fidget spinners. And then sort of went to they, our, they were invested. Like this mm-hmm. is the next big thing. Screw like, you know, 
the uh, this stock. Screw you yeah, know no investing mutual in, fund, in no bi- IRA, you know. <coughs> not Bitcoin fidget spin. Well, you know, Bitcoin fidget spinner, You might as well. <laughs> well, we'll see. There's you know, Bitcoin apparently did really. I mean, really volatile right now, but did really well recently. Oh, okay. But I mean, that's all I know about it. I mm. don't know much about cryptocurrency at all. Uh, but. I, I'm now so I'm I'm distracted by NXT because Sabatelli and Moss um, are a tag team that keeps hurting people. I felt like hurt people, and I maybe I'm biased because they they hurt Hide, right? Uh, yeah, Hideo Atami, his like second or no, his third injury. Like Riddick Moss botched a uh, during a house show. He's supposed to catch him and then do a power slam, and then like he just didn't do it, and Hide just got spiked pretty much on his head. Oh, it's terrible. So quick going back to fidget spinners. So basically they were in Reddit personal finance. Like, what do I do? And they were like, you, you, you've kind of screwed up. They had bought at the height of fidget spinners, which means it was completely too late. And they sold like 77 of what ended up being thousands that they had bought. It was kind of like the beanie baby thing. Like you just hit it at the wrong time. 7,700? No, 77. Out of? 6,000 or something. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's bad when you go to like, when we were doing a road trip, I would say recently, but not even, maybe it was August, where at the rest stops, they had stands to sell fidget spinners. Mm. Like you knew it was done when it reached the rest Mm. stop store, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, those places still sell ripped off perfume. Like (laughs) you've fallen out of favor. Uh, But that's, that's the fidget spinner story. In this case, it, uh, as far as the tag team match that, that we are monitoring for Warren's announced table, Riddick Moss. Sab- oh, yeah, so this is NXT, right? We're yes, we're... NXT versus the Street Profits. So I like the Street Profits because they always stir something. And I like to think yeah. in my head it's mac and cheese. I don't know what it actually is. <laughs> He's just stirring it up. It's just the... Uh, his, it's his. <laughs> And maybe it's because their outfits are black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. But uh-huh. I want it to be mac and cheese so badly. Oh, my goodness. And I admit he's doing it in the air. So there is no bowl and there is no spoon. But in my mind, that is what's happening. Well, it's good for I think his name is Orlando Dawkins, the guy who's in the ring right now, who does that um, um, stir it up motion. Mm-hmm. He's been like. In NXT for a while. Really? You're, you're talking like Tyler Breeze days and everything. Just oh, wow. Like, and he was a single star. He's had uh, a, co- a, a different combination of, of tag team partners. This is the latest one, that, and it's finally clicked for him. So he's been in there for years. So it's really cool to see him finally get this push. Now, previously, was he kind of just like a jobber? Yes. The whole time? Yes. And and what is, what is it about that? I, I find that... Some people do very well as singles stars, but sometimes being a tag team is what they need. They need that other oh, person dynamic very good question. To, to make them. What happens is that they're usually lacking in something. So Orlando by himself, he's just a good mat based wrestler. He moves slower. He'll power slam you. He does like holds, nothing exciting about him. His tag team partner, on the other hand, uh, Mon- Monterey, Montel, I forgot what his name is. We'll probably hear it when when he tags him in. But his partner, he's built more like a CrossFit, uh, like a like a uh, like track lean, athlete. Lean Here we go. Watch this. Watch, yeah. watch this. So forward Montez flip. Ford, that's his name. So he's a lot leaner than than uh, Orlando. And watch how they work together. See. Mm-hmm. So he gets to show off his athleticism, his flips, a little bit more, uh, a lot more aerial based attack. Okay. So what that does is that it complements him. Mm. So that's why like it makes him stand out more. So he doesn't have to be like a super mat technician to prove that he's a super mat technician. He just has to not do the aerial moves. You know what I mean? Right, right. I find that, you know, that that tag team dynamic is is not I mean it's common where you sort of have to your point like a lean mean machine and then like a big brawler mm-hmm. and then they can play off of that because there's a physical difference that's mm-hmm. easily identifiable you can easily identify who's in the ring and that their styles are in many ways completely different and visually i think it's much more interesting to watch versus two tag team guys that look the same and move the same 
you know, you know, it's also very, very interesting. I'm also very, very, very happy that, that it's happening right now is that you sound so much better than you did the last two nights. Mm. Oh, just you sounded like, uh, what's his face? Harvey Firestein. What's his name? Yes. Harvey Firestein. Yes. Uh, I just had the low growl. So, uh, Warren was sick. Then you were sick. Mm. Then I was sick and I'm sort of you coming really up. Sick. I, I'm you coming were... up. Yeah. I was, I had chills, you know, it was just an awful viral upper respiratory infection. That made me sound and feel pretty terrible. Um, I'm, I'm much better now. My throat hurts a little bit. But we take care of you, Warren. See what we go through. Yeah. Huh? Just the little cesspool that is, you know, local daycare and mm-hmm. the diseases. We're all just building up immunity. And, and, and well, I'm glad you're feeling... You sound so much better. I'm glad you're feeling better as oh, well, thanks. too. And uh, that was a semi-cutoff of you because you were starting to mention something very interesting about tag teams and the, the builds or something. What were you going to say? Yeah, I mean, just that if there's different builds <coughs> between the tag teams, if one's smaller or shorter than someone that's taller or bigger, mm-hmm. it just visually, it's just more interesting to watch. Yes. Versus like they like a twin team. And I think NXT has a team where they actually do have twins on, where they're identical twins. Remember that team? I forgot what it was. You always called them out. You always like, oh look, it's the it's the team that's twins. I think are they still jobbers in NXT? I really I don't know. So I think they're too. still working. I believe so. But then too. there's teams that look like they're twins, and they're not like yeah. um, authors of pain look very much like they could be twins. Yes, and, and they're yes, not. but they're but but in that case, they're meant to look that way because they're supposed to be like this one destructive unit. Yeah, like almost and like what, an army platoon. Yeah. And what better way to make it look like a one? army unit than to uh be uniform mm. literally uniform as in like what they're wearing as well as the their styles that they wrestle one's not a high flyer one's not a uh, a brawler they're both like brawlers you know? right and it's just more so to show mass destruction versus yes. anything differentiating in that fact mm-hmm. so how do you feel about wwe's um, promotional advertising for christmas already in the middle of matches what I didn't, I didn't even notice that. I was too busy. You were looking pra- in my beautiful eyes. Yes, and I was too busy praising your beautiful recovering voice. Ah, thank you, thank you. <coughs> <laughs> as, as Showing you, off mine. <laughs> as we are on the Dear Warren Coughcast. It's not going to stick, on. <laughs> I want it to stick Don't try so to make badly. it happen. It's not going to happen. But I want it to stick so badly. That's pro- that's probably what we should do. I've I've been I've been thinking about some other things to add for for the podcast. Maybe not add, but just to... Uh, try mm-hmm. other things, and if 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 people are listening to, uh, we do have a Dear Warren Posca- podcast page. Uh, we do have an email, which is Dear Warren Podcast uh, at Gmail, right? Mm-hmm. So send in I don't know questions, comment something for us, the or, or a topic of discussion, uh, uh, a story that you'd like to share. You think you want to like pass to Warren? I don't know. Maybe that would be kind of cool. For sure. To- I think it would with our dozens and dozens of listeners, or if you know who we are, by all means, we are on uh, Podbean. I think you might be able to message us there, but Facebook, and then Dear Warren Podcast at Gmail. I I, I definitely know at least two definite listeners, because when I went to Jiu-Jitsu today, I was able to talk to uh, Will and Chris, as they were uh, asking about Mario... Uh, the the previous podcast we had, and they were actually asking about uh, uh, video games and like what what games that that I played, and then I started bringing up the topic about one hundred percent completing games mm. as well too. Which uh, props to you, Mario. My my respect points for you as a, as a gamer went up like 10, 15 points and just from saying that you hundred percent games because I started thinking like, holy shit, I don't think I've ever I've come close, but I don't think I've ever really. Focused on 100% in games. And my respect was for <coughs> Mario's mom. Yes. <laughs> who said, if you don't 100% complete games, uh, you can't get new games. So. And then the other fun part was Karen telling me, like, and this is the part I had to skip because the only video game I play is Super Mario Brothers. Hey, that's a good video game to be it's the, a o- good video the game only to one play. to play. But then I think I can I can keep Karen's interest by, by uh, as Mario and I were trying to do, a re- relating... Uh, like video game uh, play and the drive to complete video games to jujitsu mm. or to try and find like a, a some common bridge. So how would you like in World of Warcraft to jujitsu? Just oh my god! Just could, level grinding up through the, the ranks. You know, getting you know <coughs> pwned by uh, 
Yeah, PvP like, it, and just I'll just I'll just use one one quick example. You remember the the instances, right? Correct. The the, the short dungeons, like yep. the short five man dungeons that you would do. And short meaning like less than an hour. Those still sometimes took a long time. Well, for you maybe. Oh, <laughs> oh, you did not, sir. Uh, of course I did. Oh, go ahead. So good to have you back. On. Continue. Anyway, um, there were these little, uh, let's just say, mini dungeons that you would. Uh, play over and over with uh, random other people online. And the reason you would play them over and over is that once you beat this short uh, mini dungeon that should take less than an hour, <laughs> uh, is that uh, your character will get a piece of gear um, at, at the end, like a better weapon, better armor, what have you. And you could do those infinitely. You could do those as much as you want. Mm -hmm. So people would grind those over and over to hopefully get uh, the best weapon possible. And also at the same time, um, if you beat like a certain number of these mini dungeons every day, you complete like a daily task of, oh, run these three dungeons every day or something like that. Um, they were known as the dailies, your daily mm -hmm. quests. So related to jujitsu, show up to class, get through the whole thing, you know? Uh, learn the technique of the, of, of the day or techniques of, of the day repeat rinse and repeat throughout the course of the week try to get three out of five or three out of or four out of five or five out of five classes in to you know this is obviously not like a uh, uh an actual prescribed uh requirement but it's something a goal that you could set to yourself well and to that point there are apps that have tried to gamify mm -hmm. tasks so there are apps and i don't know the names of them but i'm sure there's numerous ones where you can set, I want to make three jujitsu classes a week and you check them off and then you get points and you get leveled up and you, I mean, it's to the point and I, and I want to say in our society, which makes me kind of sound kind of old and cranky, but where we have to gamify getting your stuff done because otherwise there's too many distractions that people are not accomplishing. You know, what's interesting about gamifying, it's actually short bursts of like goal setting and like getting goals and like finishing like mini tasks basically. Those subtasks all kind of like adding up to an overall goal. You know? I, I also wonder like the behavioral <laughs> psychology around apps like that. I mean, it's sort of hmm. the endorphin rush of, of checking off a goal. I mean, I, I read once that if you tell someone you're going to do something, I'm going to accomplish a goal. I'm going to put out there on Facebook, for example, that I'm going to run this marathon or I'm going to do this incredible task, whatever that task would be you're actually less likely to accomplish it because you mm -hmm. get the endorphin yes. rush yeah. of telling people you're going to do it as if you had done it. Yep, because you were talking about it right. and thinking about it. But you've not actually done it. Yeah. I and mean, they say the same thing, I think, when you watch like Biggest Loser type shows, mm. if you are in the category of someone who wants to lose weight, that you will watch the journey of these people losing weight or being healthier and you get your mind plays a trick and you get the endorphin rush as if you are that person doing it. But in reality, you've not actually done anything. Yes. I mean, that, that whole sort of how you trick mm -hmm. your mind really is interesting to me. The other behavioral psychology part that you, you brought up um, as far as just like the type of person that either needs it or, do, or, or doesn't need it. And let me see if I got this right with all the research I've been doing these days and, <laughs> and, and reading. Um, one would say that the person that needs like the gamification of these goals of, let's say, uh, come to five jujitsu classes a week and then you like check off boxes in order to do it. And the people who need that are who, who need it, like wrapped up in a, in an app and need it on their phone in order to get anything done are probably, uh, very, uh, let me get this right. Very high in openness, which is, uh, creativity and, and spontaneity and low in conscientiousness, which is kind of like the, uh, the grind and the ability of, uh, of organizing things and getting tasks like in order, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's the type of person that would need, um, the, the type of person that you run into who kind of just like goes with the flow with things or is always like, they're just always disorganized or they're always late or, you know what I mean? That, that type of, it, it's a personality type and you would, and, and they probably greatly benefit from a gamification, uh, uh, or, um, some type of app that makes it, you know, a little more interactive as far as like your to-do list. Well, I think you bring up a good point that there are 
different styles of organization or goal setting for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been in goal setting sessions from Lululemon ambassadors to, you know, things that happen in business conferences and as well as just knowing about, you know, to do apps or boards or, uh, you know, this or that planners, Franklin Covey system versus there's a lot of new systems coming out with, you know, a bunch of boxes in a line, you check one off, you create hmm. chains. So there's obviously tons of, Ooh. yeah, there's a lot of things around goal setting or progress setting. And I think in something like jujitsu, you do that until that thing becomes habit or mm. you hope to do that until that thing becomes habit. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, a task like a physical activity, the big ones, right? The ones that you should be doing often or you want to be doing often. Hopefully you get that app gets you to the point where it just becomes a habit and then you mm-hmm. don't need to track it yeah. as closely. Yeah. But then I, again, like I, like you, you mentioned, like I, like I was mentioning as well too, it, it, sometimes you just need it because that's just how you've also depends on where you are, are in life. If, if you're 40 years old and you're always all over the place, it's probably going to be needing that app like all the time versus like someone who's, you know, just getting out of high school or something, they can train themselves and maybe their personality can change to be more, you know, on time. I, I remember when we first started going out, I was, I was always, uh, you taught me a bit more about like promptness and having mm-hmm. to be like, a little more on time because you were always on time. I was always like, yeah, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes late, whatever, you know, right. you're like, fuck, you can't do that. <laughs> <coughs> and I think we probably netted out somewhere in the middle these yes. days, but yes. Uh, and I think to your point, these things change over time. So senior year of college, the only thing that got me through senior year of college and the three jobs that I had and was a Franklin Covey planner doing mm-hmm. the Franklin Covey system, which I think you introduced me to Yep, was probably the only reason I was able to get through that semester or two. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I don't really use the Franklin Covey system. I did use it in my beginning of my career. I don't anymore. And now we, I use different types of organizations, but they change. Yeah. However, to your point, if you're 40 and you've not figured out a method, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to find one. And, or if the app yeah. is the only thing that's keeping you on track, by all means, use it, pay for it, love it forever. Mm-hmm. The other thing that you mentioned when you were talking about chaining things, you reminded me of like advice that Jerry Seinfeld, the, the famous comedian, gave about like uh, habit and forming mm-hmm. a, a good habit. And the gist of it was basically he had a blank calendar and he had a red marker. I'm pretty sure it was red. And he said that if he uh, s- uh, spent time that day working on writing jokes, he would uh, uh, make an X. Mm -hmm. on that day and then the next day if he spent time make another x and then he would notice that he would build a chain of red x's and then his mantra then his 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 motivation was to not break that chain Mm. so and if he did then all right there's a break in the chain start that chain all over again but that's that's what i read on the internet i'm pretty sure it's true (laughs) so right i mean there's there's a visual indicator there that's undeniable if you have a place where you're visually, I, I know a person who says that they have their goals um, in the inside of a kitchen cabinet that they open every day, maybe to get their cup of tea or whatever. And they have, they open it and there's a list of their goals in there mm. and they have to look at it every day because it's where they look every day and that's where they put it. And that's where it reminds them of what, of what they need to do or what, where they're going. Speaking of this tea, this tea is very good. It's, it's kept my cough down. It's, uh, um, it's relaxed my uterus <laughs> as the side of the box says, and I am no longer experiencing any, uh, menstrual cramps. So, so. for, it's a traditional <clears throat> medicines tea. So we're, we're, we're sparse on our, our tea selection. I don't have my throat coat. At present. So, um, Eggy is forced to drink a tea that I have. That's very organic raspberry womanly in its descriptors. Granted raspberry tea is for everyone. Uh, but we had a good, uh, a good laugh about reading the side of the box and it's, you know, medicinal properties, which Don't were laugh at me for, when, when, when I go through my pregnancy, I'm going to be relaxed. <laughs> oh, oh, famous last words. If huh. only, if only we well, could no, tri- that's what it said on the side of the box. That's what, uh, this, this, this tea is w- supposed to do. <laughs> if this tea would make labor more relaxing, we'd be millionaires. I'd, I'd reformulate it and patent it for the world. There is stuff to make your uh, labor more relaxing. It's called I, drugs? I said, yeah. <laughs> it was called the, the epidural and whatever else they shot you up with. <laughs> I got all sorts of good stuff. So I don't know who won the first match. We've not been really, and I'm sure at this point. I think it was the Street Profits. 
I don't know. I'm just taking a guess. <laughs> like, well, there's only two options, so you have a 50% chance. So speaking of planning and goal setting, I did, as much as I was like, I don't need Franklin Covey in my adult years, I mm. did buy a planner for oh, 2018. Yeah, yeah. But you said you, you were doing only like, uh, you didn't buy like all of 2018, did you? Well, you I, said you were buying like only like the, the blank, like one a days or something. Well, I did. Well, it is one of days and it is all of 2018, but what it wasn't, it's not the Franklin Covey system, which tends to be... Franklin Covey has one a days, which are two pages per one day. Yes. Um, I did not buy that. And Franklin Covey, although great, is, is fairly pricey. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what, $70, maybe $45 for the... Oh, it's the good stuff. The inserts. And then, you know, $30, oh, $40 for the actual fresh planner. Paper. <laughs> Smells real nice. Uh, mm. So I got like a, a cheaper one that's like spiral bound. That's mm-hmm. one page per day. It was yep. like 15 bucks from Target um, to sort of wean myself back into some level of organization because as much as i think i have my stuff together um leave it for children and life to get crazy enough that i (laughs) (laughs) soon realize i have nothing together um and forget things like depositing checks and all of that kind of fun stuff my favorite is on Kyrie sane why is she your favorite she's the pirate princess and she's straight out of final fantasy and she is their best version of uh, a face slash good guy, good girl um, character. And right, I think we've currently. spoken about her before. She won the Mae Young Classic, mm-hmm. which was the, uh, how many women was it? 30, 32. 32. Um, 32 women. And, uh, you know, she's just fun to watch. She's obviously very athletically gifted and uh, she has a great. Um, persona and stick with the the boat boating sh- shipping yachting yachting um so we like her and uh she's she's fun to watch for sure and it's nxt does good with um not forcing the you know if if they're a face then let them be you know they don't have to be the like a the the, the main roster generic face. Kind of always has like this same uh, formulaic writing to them, and they can kind of be bullies. That's yeah. that's something that I remember uh, reading about on on the main roster. Like the the good guys on the main roster for whatever reason kind of bully around every everyone else, even though that you know that's more of like a like a like a heel right. thing. So I guess it a, depends if the audience <clears throat> likes. Bullies in that mo- moment <laughs> bullying is popular. How terrible does that sound? Mm. But I wanted to comment that Kyrie Sane has a very fifth element sort of gear on today. I told very you, Final Fantasy. Multipass. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy. Not just the pirate. Not just like your old school like pirate costume. It has to be something out of Final Fantasy. Also the video too, game reference, generally which obviously mm. Karen will not get. Sorry, so. Karen. But, I, you know, and also, too, generally, they're not going to put the ladies in long sleeve shirts and pants for ratings and things. But they, they could still do that. Well, well, outside of Nia Jax, do they really cover up the ladies? Well, outside. Well, you could say the same for men, too. Correct. You could. So it's more so of like showing off the, the physique. You know what I mean? And because be, then, because then, if you if they do cover them up, it's it's kind of like what are you what are you hiding? Well, I think also <coughs> too, if I was going to play devil's advocate on mm. my insinuation that sometimes the women are too scantily clad, um, is that it's easier to see the moves when there's not a lot of stuff or color in the way. Exactly. That's and you could also have like wardrobe malfunctions, and maybe it's probably even a safety issue. Like maybe like uh, for certain moves. I'm sure tons of accessories and things don't are, yeah, are dangerous. It, like things can like get get caught up. So. And they do also scantily clad the men, which is in my favor, and the women, which is in yours. So I get it. I totally get it. Wait, what was that again? I'm sorry. Uh-huh. That I said they scantily clad the men as well as the women. Mm-hmm. So it's in mutual favors in terms of I get scantily clad men, you get scantily clad well, women. What if I like to look at the scantily clad men? That's a little presumptuous, right? <laughs> yes. What I'm sorry, my I husband. I like to look at Finn Balor and those freaking washboard abs oh they did something i think they did like a countdown of like the uh top 25 best abs in wwe finn balor of course was the was did he win <coughs> oh yeah nice 
I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It's like an eight. It's an eight pack. It's an eight pack, and and just like a the super chiseled eight pack. There's another guy there with the uh, his name. He's on two hundred five live. Tony Nice. He has an eight pack. It's just not as well defined mm. as as Finn Balor's. And we, you know, you know how hard those I things. I admire the 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 <laughs> physiques of 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 hardworking men. Come on. <laughs> okay. So. Peyton Royce and Kyrie's and has have, did they recently did they do this last week or am I misremembering the episode? They were they were part of the uh, Fatal Four Way. Mm. Both of them were in the Fatal Four Way. Okay, so it seems like they're having them work a lot together. Maybe as sort of the next face heel. Uh, well, it's a very good dynamic. I mean, it works. You it know? does. And they and they seem to be performing uh, pretty decently together right now. And Peyton Royce has come a long way. From where she was, you know, last year or prior from in terms of wrestling ability. I mean, it is good to sort of see the mix of, you know, women coming in from outside from indies already having a good, decent wrestling base, as well as um, women sort of coming up uh, in the program from mm-hmm. the start. Mm-hmm. I hope they don't lose that. I hope they don't only go the indie route in the future because it's easier and potentially cheaper. I hope they still continue to have homegrown from the start. You know, and then I think that goes for both, uh, uh, both the women and the men talent correct. as well too. Yes, and it, it has been a bit of a knock on NXT lately that they kind of just like pick the best of the best out of like the rival uh, independent companies and then bring them over to WWE. <coughs> In this case, NXT. So I, they're they're aware of that. They're aware of that, and I don't. As you, I think you use the term. Uh, in previous podcasts, I don't think they would cannibalize their own talent like that, especially the homegrown talent, you know? I also, too, I think they know that the homegrown talent potentially has more loyalty to them and Mm. will stay around longer and or has more, I mean, would, you know, work harder for them and longer for them than maybe some of the indie stars would Mm -hmm. because they don't, this sounds terrible, but they don't have any other options, right? Mm. Versus an indie talent who had been in, many promotions before coming to WWE and if WWE didn't work out they could easily find work everywhere else. So I think it's sort of twofold there. I think my you know my concern is that NXT becomes less developmental uh-huh. and it becomes like a WWE like raw light. Yes. And you basically like there is such a thing as having a two-full roster, right? And yep. we always talk about. And also as you said uh um it's developmental especially when you're bringing up the uh the uh, homegrown talent. So you want it to be a little bit raw. You want it to, like, I'm expecting mistakes. I'm expecting to see, like, someone be like, uh, you know, they're not that good. But, like, at the same time, getting psyched about it. Like, okay, they're not that good, but, oh, can you imagine if th- this person, like, like uh, fixes this and fixes this? Yep. They're going to be in- incredible later on. So you actually, you know, it's it, it gives you reason to invest time, as we do every yes. week, to watch and we see the progression like we watched the progression of a bailey we, mm-hmm. we saw the progression of a sasha you don't see too much of a progression with some of the indie stars it's it's nice seeing them come in and get there like oh this is so cool they were so hot on the independence i can't wait to see how they perform on the big stage not so much as to like oh i hope they improve to perform it's just more so of like they are they already paid a bit of their dues on the indies and it's kind of like you want to see them um um Come into the spotlight here, like get the better production value and get the get the push, get the merchandise to basically be developed into a star. Well, you know, and I think if you even liken it to conversations you've had about the hero story, hmm. where if you can see someone go from extremes or make a transition from, in this case, you know, being okay to being really good or being good with a ton of mistakes to being better with no mistakes Mm. versus if you come in at a nine and you're going from nine to 10, it's hard to build a following based on the transition. Right. But if you come in at a three and you Mm -hmm. make it to a 10 in a year, like people are going to be watching and they're going to be rooting for you because they liked you when you were a three Mm -hmm. and now they're invested and they want to like you when they're a 10, because when you were a three, you know, I liked you before it was cool to like you. (laughs) right so i think if you get a bunch of nines to tens Mm. it's hard for people to associate with Mm -hmm. them and i think from a a wrestling standpoint i think a lot of fans want to be or you know wanted to be wrestlers or Mm -hmm. or want to do in some aspect right i mean you want to be 
what you like, even if you think like NFL, right? Yeah. Anybody who's ever played football probably generally is going to be a bigger fan of NFL mm. than people who didn't because they now understand. So I feel like anybody in combat sports, anybody who had done backyard wrestling or wrestled with their brothers on a bed um, are more invested. So it's hard. I worry that if they bring in too many nines to tens, we're going to no. kind of be like, Meh. no, 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 no. You're, you're, you've, you've got that point. <clears throat> nail this, especially if they bring in nines and tens. Like if if they bring in a nine or ten, they should shoot to the main roster. You know what I mean? Where they'll go back down to a five because <laughs> <laughs> you know storylines and time mm-hmm. is is less. But because in NXT, it's it's kind of like you 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 want you expect to see like an upward trend <clears throat> in mobility in 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 their in their character, in their technique, in their presence, you know? Mm. And that, that's kind of like what's uh, um, endearing about watching this because you're, you're seeing them from their raw state. You're seeing them from the practice, from the farm leagues. And then hopefully one day when you see them in the big leagues and they're kicking ass, you're like, oh, God. you feel better about it. Because yeah. you, you, you feel like you've invested time in following their story. And then here, here's the payoff. I feel Rinse like, and repeat. Yeah, I feel like the popularity of <coughs> NXT live events and the popularity of some of the roster choices and, and who was on and what they were doing has made it feel less like a farm league mm. in, in recent months or yeah. really in the past year. It has. It, it is definitely, it's a different type of NXT from what uh, we originally had started watching, you know. It's, uh, it's they know their niche now it's its own separate brand yep. as, as you said it's it has to start making some money now you know yep. because it, it is its own brand what i do really enjoy about it and, and you also started bringing it up too is that they can focus so much on the the development of their skills and their characters that you don't they didn't need that much story the story is their progression the story is the fact that they're pretty much all rookies and they're all moving up it, it it's writes like an, itself yeah <coughs> so um what, what was that uh person on on uh, youtube max landis he's actually like a, a pretty famous like uh, executive producer he recently did um my friend recommended to me a series on the sci-fi channel called channel zero and he was one of the executive producers he's got a he's got an eye for a lot of like different type of storytelling like good storytelling he did a <coughs> hilarious video on uh youtube about the death of the superman death of superman mm. comic book series he also did one called wrestling isn't wrestling where he uh, explained the career of triple h and it's a lot about good cohesive storylines and he said that wrestling uh when you watch wwe it's not a show about wrestlers it's a show about a show putting uh, uh right. attempting to display wrestlers you know which is it, it's hard to wrap your head around until you you know you start watching a bit of it the best analogy is uh the muppet show mm. do you remember the muppet show when you were growing up i do do you recall the format of it I don't. I was a Muppet Babies. I was yes. a little a Muppet yes. Babies fan, but I know mm-hmm. there's the Muppet Show. They they were always like uh, supposed to like uh, Fozzie was supposed to go on uh, on on the front stage and uh, do his bad comedian act, but they would go like backstage and show Kermit like, oh Fozzie, what's wrong? Oh Ker- Kermit, I cannot find my you know. So it was the show was about Kermit trying to run the show. A show you right, know what I mean? Right, and so you. And so you take that and you apply it to professional wrestling. And that's what basically uh, a lot of what uh, WWE is. So that's where like that never ending long running storyline keeps going. And this, it inspired me to like when Mario was talking about like he started getting deep into like the storyline for what's that cartoon Adventure Time. Mm. I I hadn't watched uh, a lot of it, but he got into a deep, deep analysis of it. I think it would be interesting if I could somehow turn Mario on to the intricacies of the of professional wrestling storylines because they're so unique in the fact that it's not about the wrestlers. Sometimes right. it is. In this case, in NXT, it's all about like the story about the wrestler trying to fit into the show and one day make it to 
the big sh- the big show, the big main event, you know? Which, which is the show, yeah. I mean, it's very meta <coughs> in terms of a show within a show, with mm-hmm. the wrestlers within the show, and the ring and the show. Um, yeah, I mean, it is really interesting there. And I think, you know, the fact that you know that uh, WWE holistically has an enormous writing team and that there is a lot of writing and, and thought process of character and story and, and decisions that are made there, both visually and through promos, um, there's quite a bit there. I mean, I feel like, and sometimes it doesn't get the credit where that's due, where mm-hmm. they think this is just like, everyone's just winging it and then they wrestle, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's really not the case um, ever necessarily. And I think that's why you get the fans who get mad about certain decisions or, or not mad. Cause you know, none of the decisions are just, you know, improv. They are all written out as they were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So this match is, uh, you got the UK guys. They were involved in the UK tournament, um, part of WWE strategy to like kind of like brand their uh, specific divisions to different uh, regions of the world. And I think this is the, yeah, this is the first time they did a country specific championship, right? Yes, UK championship. And so you have uh, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, and they're going against uh, your your favorite. Uh, my favorite too, mm. Pete Dunne, that bruiserweight guy, yeah. the guy who hold, who bites on the belt and then like. And then uh, this guy, what is this? Mark Andrews. Very good high flyer. And as you can see, very bad dancer. Yep. And, <laughs> and to be fair, the reason why I like Dunn, obviously, because his wrestling is pretty good. Actually, really good. Really uh, good. He's also like 19. Like, dude, you are so he, young. He, he's 24. He's oh, okay. 24. Who's 19? Uh, you're thinking 20. And that's Tyler Bate. Oh, Yep. Well, close, though. Very I, close. You know, 24 is still a lot younger than yes. I am at this point. Yes. Uh, so still, I feel like everything under 25 is young. Yep. And here's the crazy part. Mm. These guys can go. Oh, yeah. So when you when you talk about, like, uh, uh, sometimes uh, the, the, the wrestlers need a really crazy character or really uh, something to make up for the lack of their skill, these guys are polished. These guys can, uh, Mark Andrews is a high flyer. Tyler Bate is all around just amazing technician. So is Pete Dunne. Very vicious too. Plays plays the cool, badass heel very well. Also I mean, how do you get, How do you get polished at 20? Did you start wrestling at three? Like very, I mean, very impressive. 14. He started getting. Uh, so Pete Dunne, 14 or Tyler Bate? Uh, Pete Dunne at 14. So that's, you know, that's 10 years now. Yeah. Yep. And then. So he's he's just been at it for a while. Like this is what he wanted to do, and the cool thing I like about Tyler Bate, as you're going to see in in this match, is that he's kind of uh, <coughs> if he were a video game character or something like that, and you had like your tier of like wrestling moves that you can assign when you create the wrestler. Yeah, he's got all the good ones. Really, you're you're, you're going to see like just even the way he gets up, even the way when he like. I'll, I'll, I'll let you watch. I'll let you uh, when when you see it happen. You can you can tell uh, the audience or try to describe because he's so freaking. He's not that tall. He's probably like my height, maybe a little tall, like five nine. But he's so freaking athletic, and mm. and you'll see it. You he doesn't look like it. I mean, he's solid, but then when the moves that he does, you'll you'll see uh, when when the match starts. This will be a little bit more of a of a play by play than anything else because. I'm this is going to be a good match. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm, an inter- I'm interested to see how uh, Jess re- reacts to it. Because uh, normally, um, like, boring matches or subpar matches will put Jess to sleep. So I mean, NXT was my, like, go-to-bed song <laughs> for many, many weeks. I would just curl up on the couch and I would go out. Granted, it doesn't take much these days, but NXT was, was my lullaby. It was... It also didn't help that we uh, also watch NXT on the couch, too. The same couch that you were strung out on for... I don't know if strung out is the right... Look at this. See that? What do they, what do they call that? A kick, kick out? It is not a kip up. What is they, do it, they, they did it literally like a neck bridge and then stood on the top of their heads and then kipped up off of it. You'll see it again. There's a difference between... Because sometimes you'll lie down on your back uh-huh. and then kip up like from your back. What you'll, you'll you'll see it. I think he does it like one or two more times. Mm. I feel like the pacing too has been interesting, and uh, it's kind of like we did a lot of mat wrestling, and mm-hmm. then here's your high flyer. 
And you can tell too. You can see his build. He's a lot wirier than than the other guys. So, so this notice how like since he's wirier and everything like that doesn't look that effective. But then when he starts doing stuff like this, right? Say, landing yep. on his feet, boom, flip. Yeah, I mean physically mm. everything. Just I feel see like that. See that he 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 stood on his head and then kept up. Did you see that? I didn't. It happened Jeez. too quickly. That's just insane neck strength. Now, was the UK ever known for wrestling before? Oh, I'm sure. They're also huge fans there. They got the best chance. You know why? Because mm. of all the uh, the uh, football, <coughs> European football, all ah. their chance. They do. They, they, you take that, you take that energy, you take that fandom, and then you apply it to professional wrestling. I guess we never see televised, or we never would see televised... UK Raws or UK, like all the nope. international shows tend to not be televised. Oh, you, you, you could see them. You could see them. It's just that we don't watch a Raw. Well, no. I mean, do will they have Raws in other countries that will be televised? Yes. Okay. So, yes. To your point, we don't have cable. We don't see them. Mm-hmm. I guess NXTs I would like to see. And I think I think the UK crowd were the first ones to, uh, when, when John Cena's song came on they were the first ones to go john cena sucks oh really john cena sucks i think they were the first ones mm. who is the one who is uh tyler bates partner uh trent seven who is in the ring right now and he's he's just known for having a, a glorious mustache i mean i'm interested to see how he because his his body type is a little unique <laughs> go ahead describe it He's a little, he's a little bit of a gut to him and it's not a, it's a flabbier gut than other guts that we've seen. It's not like I drank too much milk and lifted too much weight <laughs> gut. It's a, <clears throat> it's a flabby flab, but the DDT. my goodness, you know, he's very physical, you know, and they feel like he's, so there's a Kevin Owens gut. So yep. Kevin Owens, think of it as, you know, a bowling ball that doesn't move. It doesn't <laughs> jiggle. It's just, it's just there. Uh, versus this, this has some up and down motion to it. It's a little jello-y. Uh, so it's just, it would just be interesting. It's just interesting to see him, how he moves. <laughs> and you saw that, you saw that, that was, uh, he used the ref uh, to, uh, he basically threw the ref into the, the, his partner. And then like, as the ref was distracted, bruiser weight. Was that some Pete heel Dunn. tactics yeah, there, right? Throw, some interference. Blind-sided. Yep. Some running interference there. This is actually our uh, uh, podcast where um, previous before I um, attempted to have uh, brother-in-laws on, and uh, it was it was it was their first uh, attempt at it, and it was it was interesting for them. Just just to preface everything, like before e- even you and I did it. Like, we did, like, 10 scratch episodes before, like, we were even comfortable with doing it. Well, and I, I also was not particularly great at it. I still don't think I'm particularly great at it, but... Oh, you're wonderful. It huh? took me a while to feel comfortable, mm. to your point. And so, it, there, it was it was fun. It was fun doing it. They had they had fun doing it. We were, we were laughing at, by, by the end. They were nervous in the beginning, though, so... Well, it's difficult to do something like this when, A, you can hear yourself. So for me, being sick, I'm more nasally than I usually am because I know how So you how don't I... mind now, right? Well, I don't mind in terms of that. You know, recording artists love that. Like uh, when, when they go into record and they have like a slight cold or something, they love recording when Why? they have a cold because they don't sound like themselves. A lot of them are self-conscious about their voices. And, so and... the cold voice is better? Yeah. That's crazy. They can, they can still technically hit all, the, but, but but it's kind of like they sound like someone else oh, or something. Geez. So they don't have to, uh, you Come know. on. If they're self-conscious, like there's no hope for the rest of us normies. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, like I said, I sound nasal to begin with. Never mind when I have a cold. So I, at this point, I, I nothing's, I'm not going to change it. <laughs> like nothing's yeah. going to change. It is what it is. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it was hard for me to A, hear myself, B, keep a conversation when there's quite a few things going on. I mean, in the beginning I used to be watching NXT, you're playing Stardew and I couldn't hold a conversation. It was very mm-hmm. difficult. It's still difficult to it play is, video it, games. It, it, it's, a, it's definitely a learned skill. Uh, but also to just realizing how to talk about things in a way that relays in an audio format. 
Yeah. But like, you, you got you it's it's one thing to like sit down and like talk to someone and then like move your head all around, you get to talk with your hands, etc. Uh-huh. etc. <clears throat> and then you realize you do have to talk into a mic and you have to and you hear yourself and then you you can hear your breathing and then you can hear when your voice is on or off or um not on or off, but like the way your voice swings. And you realize that there is a sweet spot and you're always, and then you consciously are like trying to hit that sweet spot when you're talking. So it was a a bunch of things. And you also notice where, and I still do it quite a bit, especially when I'm talking about things that I know a little bit less about than other things. It's the ums, the likes, the, (laughs) uh, you knows, the... You all know, those types of things. I, I don't mind that too much, especially if it's... I don't think you, uh, you do it over excessive. And it kind of adds, like, the character to your voice. It makes you you. There's a there's a saying I, I, I heard about uh, artists who draw. And they say, uh, all right, uh, draw a perfect circle. Obviously, no one can draw a, a perfect circle. Maybe. Maybe. Pretty damn close. Yep. And... Uh, the saying is the imperfections in that circle that the person draws is that person. Right. Is like it, that's their personality. Cause that's all things their, the same. You know? You're, you're in the difference, right? You're yeah. in the mistake. Yeah. The flaws is what makes it you, you, the flaw is what makes, uh, um, that drawn by a human. Right. Versus a computer. I, I get that. Yep. I get that. So it's kind of like the same thing as we're, we're, we're talking here. I'm sure I got my, uh, hiccups, um, so the cough cast it's not gonna happen the dear warren cough cast the only way it'll happen is is if people write in and and keep referring it to it as the cough cast but i'm but i'm pretty sure will and chris would not do that maybe karen would do that (laughs) no because then next week when neither one of us are coughing (laughs) then what does it become (laughs) then it becomes why do you guys call the cough cast no that's that's why it's just Dear Warren Podcast. <laughs> it's already got a name. You helped it, name it. I want to make it cool again, Steven. Make it cool again. That's a Cable Guy reference for anyone who might not know. Oh, by the way, hmm. you want to know how old we are? I'm pretty old. Two weeks ago, there's a very young member of our larger team at work mm-hmm. who did not know what Cable Guy was. Like, did not know the movie Cable Guy. I can see that. And I immediately felt old, but I had the self-awareness to be like, here's the reference. Here's the mm. movie. I'm guessing you don't know it. And he was like, nope. Yep. That's a, that's a, what? 97, I think. Oh, you're good. If that's right. I feel like that's a Google, but I have nothing to Google in front of me. Well, th- that's what we try to do a lot of the times on the podcast. We try to go Google free. Uh, so I felt old and my references <laughs> are now out of date for the they're not even millennials nowadays. And what are they? Gen, gen somethings or others. Oh, you know, what was great. I remember we went to a barbecue and remember Dane. Oh yeah. Dane. He thought that Pink Floyd was a guy. Was a person. Was a, bo- was a person in the band. <laughs> He's like, wasn't oh, he like. No, no, no. Maybe not in the band. He thought Pink Floyd was the same thing like a prince or whatever. Like Pink Floyd was like just a single artist and he's like oh did he die and i was like who pink mr floyd i was like no 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 oh no no uh i don't know who's so, still alive you, t- but there's you talk a couple about of old them. that that's as soon as oh geez yeah. trying to explain that one. Oh boy and then like at some point it's not you don't keep don't blame them you blame yourself for mm. being so old mm-hmm. like you can't even get mad at them because like, we are now our parents, and they are now us at a certain point in time. We're parents. <coughs> and I feel like that ages you so much. <laughs> Your perspective on the like world. I just, said, it, I, we just, it just ages you. I think what was hilarious was on Thanksgiving, your mom... I forgot what happened. Like was she it after forgot we added something. too many marshmallows on the sweet potatoes? It, it was... But whatever it was, like... Uh, we, we started making fun of her age and and I think uh, either Adam or Ryan has said, made a joke about, oh, you're getting old. And yeah. she's like, <clears throat> and she goes, nope, I'm not old. I'm not old. And, and, and then I'm like, whatever, grandma. <laughs> I'm old. What does that make you? 
Yeah, and she's like Come in her on, she's like in her early sixties, and she's like, I don't look a day over my late fifties. And I was like, There's no difference there. <laughs> like late fifties, early sixties, like you're in the range. Like it's not like anyone's mistaking you for like forty five. Uh, that's awesome. And yeah, they are. She's she's a grandma now. My dad's a grandpa. Once once you get grandma or grandpa in your name, I'm sorry. That's like, that's definitely old. Yeah. But that's okay, right? That's the trade-off. I, I accept that's it. That's the trade-off. You you throw that to me every once in a while. Whatever, old man. Right? Yeah, well, you do sometimes <laughs> say things that can be perceived as being a little old-fashioned. So he his finishing move is a 450. Ah, uh, nope, he didn't he didn't hit it. So fairly not the 450. That's a shooting star press. Fairly solid match. Fairly athletic. Here's the airplane spin. Literally an airplane spin. Carry him up in a fireman's carry and then spin him around. We apologize for the uh, you know the lack of uh, play by play by play calling, but. This is what we do on the podcast. It's it's a lot more of sharing the stories and some principles or a little bit about the show and attempting to pass it down to our son, Warren. Can you take me seriously when I'm drinking tea out of a mug that has a reindeer face on it? Sure. Can you take me seriously and me drinking tea that's supposed to help my ovaries? You know? Fair point. Mm. Six of one, half dozen of the other. Mutual respect is where we're at. Uh oh, out of range. The battery for the baby monitor. I think it's a battery. So speaking of not charging things overnight, I do charge this overnight. So the battery now has no oomph mm. in it. What is that with with batter, with certain batteries? Like you can you can leave them in overnight, and then like if when they hit max, <coughs> so there they was, won't like shorten their their life. Yeah. So there was a certain battery technology. I don't know the name of it. It was like whatever was before lithium ion, I think. Um, Nickel cadmium. Yeah. If you would. (laughs) Was it really? Yep. Nice. Well, maybe lithium ion too, because I feel like these happen with devices that they're not supposed to. But if you overcharge it, you basically kill the battery capacity. Mm. It used to be with iPhones. Now, apparently Apple has said it's no longer the case. You can charge it and it'll sort of cut off when it's full. But my replace batteries from my past two iPhones beg to differ. Um, I overcharge everything and therefore my batteries never last. So I think that's what happened here. I'm sure I can find a replacement battery for it. I'm guessing, but you're much better. Like once something's charged for you, you kind of just unplug it. Mm. You know what I do? I, I, I don't charge it overnight. And what I do is that whatever I do need to charge, I just charge it, uh, on my commute to work. So, Oh, looks like the match is over. Looks like uh, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven have won. And are we going to see some heel tactics from Pete Dunne against his partner? Are you foreshadowing or have you seen this before? I've seen this before. <laughs> let's just let's just preface this. But to this, be- was, this was the intro show for you back into life. Yes. After being um, uh, pinned to the couch. Correct. You know, and I think I had something completely different, but who knew that hand, foot, and mouth disease was not only for cows, but for babies too, or for not the same disease, but Coxsackie viral infection. I don't think you can give it to adults. Apparently there's mixed reviews on that, but we've all been out of commission for like a week. But I'm recovering, hopefully. So and there was a heel turn. Well, not a heel turn. He's already a heel, but there was a, yeah, I don't he, like he my partner. Out. Yeah, I don't like my partner. Boom, I'm going to punch you in the back of the neck. And that's it. And then that probably wraps up the show. That's probably how they're going to end it. I mean, it was a good physical match. It was really good. But they also were not a good, like, oh, he's oh, coming no, back. Oh, he's coming back. Oh, he's going to do the bitter end. Oh, I love this move. Watch this. Oh, wow. Tons of height on that. I wish I could describe the move, but it's actually really intricate. So you'll have to find a looping gif of it or, or get the WWE Network for $9.99. <laughs> what a show. And there's the, what is it, the, the, the logo, the out logo. Yep. And we're done. And that's it. Anything else you'd, you'd like to add for our audience? 
Miss Jess. No, I think we're good. Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning in, and also, uh, like I said, uh, a little a uh, little bit before, over a um, thousand downloads, one like a th- like eleven hundred now or something. Maybe nice. I'm not sure, but thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for telling someone about it. Um, and yeah, maybe I'll we'll start doing more of a call to this other call to action. Right? Is that what you call it? To uh, write in something. I don't know. Yeah, just talk to us. I guess really. Dear, yeah, talk to us or dear Warren Podcast at Gmail. Or on the Facebook page. Yeah, find or... us, talk to us. Yep. Cool. All right. Everyone have a great night. Thank you, Jess. Thank you. Bye-bye. And there you go. Warren's announce table number four with Jessica in the books. Uh, thank you all again for listening. We appreciate all of your support and feedback. And as mentioned in this episode, we're always trying new things, such as this outro as well, too. So uh, once again, stay tuned for our next feature podcast with Jackie Rinaldi on sunday and please feel free to send in any questions any topics you'd like for us to discuss any other ideas uh how to get in touch with us either than you know just pulling me aside and poking me and saying hey why don't you try this or i'd like this or i don't like this uh talk to us in person you can also email us at dearwarrenpodcast at gmail.com and we also have facebook and instagram pages at dearwarrenpodcast and yeah that's it thank you love you guys